Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Hey, Work Positive Nation. You work really hard to attract top talent. Notice I didn't say recruit because I think it's more about attraction than recruitment. Actually, I think it's about courtship these days, but we can talk about that in another podcast. All right, so you work really hard to attract top talent. You want to reduce your team turnover, but you attract this incredibly gifted person, everything seems to be going fine. And then all of a sudden you realize they're not engaged. All that potential you saw in them, the typical company strategies to engage them and make them more productive, use their time wisely, it's not working. So what do you do? How do you respond to that challenge? So often, our team members just get frustrated and find the back door, which happens to be about 10 times the size of the front door, right? Because we don't know what to do with them. Today's guest is going to help immensely because a part of your work culture, I can promise you, has persons in it who, well, I don't like to label anybody, but if we had to put a label on them, right, they have executive functioning challenges, right? And sometimes it carries alphabet soup letters like A, D, H, D. I promise you they're there or you've had them working on one of your teams and they left before you could really help them maximize and discover their happiness, their passion and their purpose, which, oh, by the way, is a great book title, I think, don't you? Happiness, passion, purpose. I think it's a great book title because my guest today wrote that book. Her name is Michelle Raz. Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast, Michelle. Thank you so much. That is a great introduction <laughs> to my book. <laughs> well, I want people to know you and appreciate you as much as I've come to in, in the yes. last little bit as we chatted. I don't know. Do you call it a green room on Zoom? I never know what to call it, right? <laughs> Just the Zoom room. Maybe that's what they was. To right. Say. So, uh, Michelle, we do work hard to attract top talent. And then all of a sudden things aren't going the way we think they should with their engagement. What do we do? Yeah, that's um, that's a good question. And, you know, with the clients that I work with, um, whether they're young or they've um, just starting out into career or they're established or they're near retirement, um, they generally struggle with some of these um executive functioning skills. And one of the biggest ones I would say that is what you're talking to has to do with their ability to be um, emotionally regulated so that when they are not feeling comfortable, they um, can react quickly or even um, what we've been hearing lately, quiet quitting. (laughs) They they just quietly quit or they make a really big announcement they're quitting, but, but they do, they, um, they're responding to an emotional state that they just can't take anymore. And so what we can do on the employer end is to really focus on starting with um, some things that can help them 
feel a part of that work culture that mm. they don't want to leave. Um, mm. One of the things that I hear lately is people don't leave their job. They leave their relationship. And you're laughing on that. Well, specifically their boss. I mean, according to SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management, I think the number is 54%, although it's been ticking up lately, so it could be as much as 58% of all people who leave a job leave because of a bad boss. Mm-hmm. But what I hear you saying is it could just be a boss who, I don't know, triggers me the right word, uh, triggers me. And so I'm not as emotionally regulated as I, I would like. Give us a definition of emotional regulation, Michelle. Yeah. So the ability to um, react in a situation in a manner that you are clear in your thoughts <laughs> mm. um, and that you are able to think of the big picture and look at the consequences or whatever you are doing. And so the clients that I work with tend to escalate. And a lot of that has to do, if we're going to look at the psychology of it, some triggers mm-hmm. um, through repeated lifestyle of shame embarrassment, not living up to their potential when things are not right for them. A lot of times they, they don't, um, they, they see red as we say, and, and Mm. they're, they're clouded, they're foggy. And so in order to be able to make that rational decision, whether it's the employer making the rash decisions, because sometimes I'm working with right, the executives that yeah. are losing their clients um, and, and their employees, or it's the employee themselves that is not able to self-advocate and they get overwhelmed and don't have that ability to think through and problem solve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I um, take an approach with the company and within my own company, mm-hmm. um, I use the exact same methods with the um, employees that we have in our company. And I'd love to be able to share that with you and, you know, oh, kind of yeah. what the priorities are to be able to have this emotionally regulated culture, mm. you would say, in the workforce. Yeah. So if I lack emotional regulation, then I'll become anxious, depressed, mm-hmm. uh, overreact. That is when you talk about seeing red and escalating, right? Mm-hmm. And so my employer may begin to wonder, or from an employer's perspective, you wonder, you know, what did I say to, to gender that kind of response? Mm-hmm. So let's think about it from two perspectives. And I, I don't care which one you take first, your choice. Uh, from an employer perspective and a team member perspective around this emotional regulation, what are some of those strategies and tactics that we can put in place to, to really help highly skilled, right? High potential people to be at their best and work at their best. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that I like to put out there is um, when I'm talking with an employee or somebody who's in a lead position, and generally they could be mid-management at management to an owner of a company, right. uh, is this, is what are the values? You know, start to stop and think about what are the values you want that team to have? What do you want your coworkers to to, to have? Um, most of the people that I work with have somebody, you know, as 
in their hierarchy below them. I hate to say that below them because I, I don't like to use that term, even in my yeah. own company with all the coaches that we have in our company. Um, I talk to them more as collaborators. But mm. what value do you want those teams to have? And then start from there. And, and this is where I promote this within my own company. And I share that and I try to give um, some guidance to that. And the number one thing is promoting a culture of an active listening. Mm. So, you know, what is, what is said in your company? What is said in your meetings? What is said in your social media, in the internal communication within your company? Mm. And then more importantly is what's not being said in that workplace. So we're talking here about emotional intelligence, right? So being yeah. able to ha- to tune into that, and there's so much out there literature-wise that people could really work with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number two, which fits right in with your podcast here, is the positivity piece. Um, the work culture of being positive, coming into a meeting when you have an agenda and you have a lot of things to do, and, and this happens to do with you know the clients that I work with, executive functions, they come in and, and they're trying to be organized because that might be something they have a weakness in. And they've been working with me on the side to be organized and they come into their meeting and they've got their punch list, but then they forget to to smile, to be happy, to be positive. <laughs> and some Act of that like is, you want to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and they have the good intentions, but they come in kind of hot. And yeah, so kind of. It's rather myopic, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, the yeah. task driven. Yeah. I had this very conversation Either, with someone yeah. yesterday. Oh, they're so task driven and da 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 And they just forget to lift their head and see the overall picture. We're working yeah. with people. And that's coming from their anxiety, right? Yes. That in these this is interwoven into their, you know, makeup of their executive functioning challenges, or they come in kind of you know, looking down at their their clipboard and whatnot, yeah. and they've got their agenda. And yeah. that has to do with maybe maybe they're a little bit truly um, got some low self-esteem and they got some depression. And so they're very focused on what they're doing and it's important what they're doing. But if we could just focus what is, you know, the positive aspect of what they've got to convey and not go in with the problems of the company, but what is possible yeah. with that focus being there so that every problem becomes more of like a project of a challenge to solve problem solving what is possible out of this. And so that's number two that I, that I say, and then number three, I've got like five, by the way, number three, I would say is the adaptability. So when I'm working with people um, is how adaptable are you? Like, and what I mean by that is, we all have unforeseen challenges from day to day, from the moment you you turn on that computer, if you're, remote, which is what I do 95% of the time, yeah. to um, the day and, and what are the obstacles that you're facing that day? What are, are they? And in being that problem solver, just like I said, that mm-hmm. look at it as an opportunity to solve a problem. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I tell you yesterday, I, I had three people coming at me with my own company and, you know, we work with college students and, you know, high school students, and and we have coaches that are working with them for their executive functioning challenges. And they, they come to me with some problems of the the company. And first thing I do is sit back and listen. And I I do it with kindness and positivity Mm -hmm. with the approach of how are we going to solve this 
problem with this mm. is a challenge and, and it's going to get taken care of. Mm. Um, and then the other thing that two other things is motivation and the ability to see through the forest. So the motivation piece is, mm. are you in that leadership role promoting growth and learning within that organization? Or do you view it as condemnation that it didn't get done? So every mm. time we turn a corner and something you're faced with, use it as a motivation motivation for growth and to learn. And so, you know, we're a self-development company. Sure. And so anytime we have these um, problems or challenges that come up with anybody in a leadership position, we turn it into a learning tool and growth. And that motivation needs to be um, part of the culture to mm. always striving to do your best. Yeah. And um, the, the last so important. Be, my, one of my previous guests, Gary Ridge, uh, recently retired chair and CEO of WD40, talks about those as learning moments. Yeah. So where, Michelle, is the switch that you flip in a culture to make sure that we're motivated to continue learning and growing? And, of course, this is fixed versus growth mindset stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, what we're, that's what we're really talking about here. Where is that switch that you help persons find, uh, particularly those with executive functioning challenges? who maybe lack some of that emotional regulation? What are their replacement thoughts or how do they do their self-talk in order to say, or how can an employer talk to them to say, okay, it didn't turn out exactly the way we thought it would. However, let's be adaptable. Let's stay motivated and make it a learning moment. Mm-hmm. So this is great. And this is where like I would come in and work with them. And that kind of a situation might come up in a 360 review for mm-hmm. that. Um, client that I would be working with. And one of the things that we do is to take a step back. And I, I said that the, the last piece, the ability to see the forest through the trees. And so yes. we have incident. And how does that contribute to the overall goal for the company mm. for you personally? And how can we take this situation, this challenge or obstacle mm-hmm. and apply it and how can you see the benefit? So there comes that positivity piece. The benefit. And then, mm. yeah, and then sit back and listen and listen to what they say. And generally what we would do is go through the scenario. They would talk it through. A real point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. start to look for some patterns and some themes that they can have an aha moment in the end to say, I see that if this obstacle was removed, and in order to remove it, I need to do X, Y, Z. Then all of a sudden, the goal for the company or the mission statement becomes clearer. So being able to verbally walk through that and show it and then show them a different way of looking at it. Maybe it's a perspective or it's a paradigm shift within them that they can learn and grow from it with that value and mission as the overall big picture view. Does that, does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. Okay. Yeah. And, and so what you're doing is you're getting them out of the heat of the moment, if you will. Oh yeah. And and so instead of that lack of emotional regulation, we're turning down the temperature a little bit. I refer to it as slowing down to speed up and we're just looking ahead and seeing what can come of this. And by the way, I love this follow-up question. When do you remember a similar experience that you navigated it successfully? 
Right. So we call that deconstructing. So we'll go in and and, and do some like historical scenarios, Uh deconstruct it, apply it, and then kind of sit back and see what they say about this. Do Mm -hmm. you see a connection? I'm seeing a connection here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And what were you doing then that you're not doing now? Yeah. So what are those best practices and how do they fit? Michelle Raz is my guest today, Work Positive Nation. <laughs> Michelle, what's a website? Because when people listen to podcasts, you know, they're doing 16 things at once. Somebody's on a Peloton or walking the dog, but somebody yeah. wants to go on their phone and, and flip through a website. What's your website they can be looking at while you're sharing yeah. with us? Yeah, so um, I have two, if I can do that. I can go, so razcoaching.com is where you can find my um, corporate career um, motivation for employers, for their employees, or employees okay. struggling with their employers. Uh-huh. And then um, Thrivester <laughs> is is my um, executive function um, coaching web, um, site for students with ADHD and um, college students. And those are where my coaches that I work with train to work with them on their executive functioning cool. skills so they can be successful in their academics in life. Right. Um, just okay. take that into res. <laughs> uh, okay, somebody's typing in Thrivester right now. Uh, that's T-H-R-I-V-I-S-T-E-R, correct? That's correct, yes. And Raz yeah. is spelled R-A-Z, just one Z there, people. <laughs> Michelle Raz. Three letters. <laughs> it might have two Sorry. T's and an E, but Raz has one Z. So just go to razcoaching.com. So you've mentioned 360 reviews several times now. Mm-hmm. Those are either the best of times or the worst of times for many of us, <laughs> right? <laughs> in our company, we like to go in and do interviews and we we let the executive pick who we're going to interview and set up the questions. I mean, we, everybody's got their own little process. Uh, most of us in Work Positive Nation have gone through and gotten a survey monkey thing. And we just click, 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 click and hope to God it's anonymous, you know. Um, right. right. <laughs> I don't want anybody reading our, our responses necessarily. So that's one way of measuring employee engagement and obviously one that, that uh, we both use. What are some other ways you measure culture and including that employee engagement that we're talking about? Mm-hmm. So the measurement piece, I'm, I can talk personally on um, on my own. And so we really value data. <laughs> uh-huh. um, most companies do. And so when we look at our retention rates of the employees in the company, that's um, extremely valuable, but even more so recently. And, and this this is something that's a feel good moment right now. And I can say that is really? if you've ever had an employee that left and they went out there for whatever reason. It might be personal reason. It sure. might be they felt that you weren't a good fit. But then a few minutes later, they come back because they missed the camaraderie. Mm. They missed the value that you promoted within them in their own life, that self-improvement wow. development component. Mm. Um, they missed being a part, a feeling a part of a bigger picture mm-hmm. uh, that they mattered to the success of the company. Oh yeah, that they counted, right? Yeah, because you know, when you tell them that, you share that, you communicate with that mm. to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people, I know they're valued in their company, but they don't know it. They're not hearing it, except for maybe at a three hundred and sixty review. Mm. Uh, 
But if you can communicate that and weave that communication into their your your messaging with mm-hmm. your um, internal messaging, social media mm-hmm. messaging, and broadcast that, I found that. Uh, that information that comes back to you, whether it's, and I actually recently just had one come back and it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Or you, you see the um, um, employee out there on the internet, Facebook on their own. And you come across that they're, they are, you know, blowing up your company in a positive way. You need to come work here. Yeah. Um, referrals. Oh, that's amazing. You know, having referrals from their friends, because yes. this is a great place to work. Mm. Um, so Looking up those things beyond just the data to me is, um, you know, we talk about soft skills and and to me that would be um, something that isn't really um, measurable, um, mm-hmm. but you, you hear it. it it's mm-hmm. kind of, um, you have to collect that data in these different places and pull it together and to see where, where are these people coming from and, mm-hmm. um, and what are they saying on social media? It's very powerful, right? Oh yeah. And it paints a picture whether you like it or not. Yeah. And so the other way we, we measure um, work culture and I really promote this is not only to communicate to your you know employees and whatnot is, but is to set up internal places for them to have a voice Mm-hmm. So that and to have it be um, a safe culture for them to voice their voice mm-hmm. and then have a reporting system back so that you can get that feedback mm-hmm. in a non-threatening way where people have that feeling that it's safe. It's safe and it's okay to voice their opinion, good or bad, mm-hmm. because we take that information and we act on it. We appreciate them. So that to me is a very good way to measure the work culture mm-hmm. and to constantly be getting and being in that feedback loop, that communication feedback loop. Yeah. Um, the good another, and the ugly. How do we do that specifically? How do you do that in your company and create that safe space where people can communicate their experience? That, that's a great question. So I developed this um, new system where we have different pods. And so, mm-hmm. um, before we had, you know, big, large meetings where everybody was in all together and and we, you know, everybody could pipe in, you know, we're all on Zoom, right? And so people can message, they can chat and, and right. whatnot. But what we found was that people were not really um, coming forward in that large group. So we created pods. Oh. And so we, we took, you know, divided them into groups of five. And within that, um, we don't have like a supervisor. We're very careful on the terminology. Mm. They are one of, you know, I'm in the coaching industry. So they are coaches. They are fellow coaches in the trenches. I'm a fellow coach. I'm in the trenches. So I'm working with, you know, more of the executives or or whatnot. And my coaches are working with the students, Uh but they're small groups. And within that, they collaborate um, and they talk about things that matter within that group. They problem solve within those small groups. Mm. They communicate back and forth in an internal HIPAA compliant type of platform. So it's not out to the rest of the company. And what we have found is that these small groups are really important. And then what we do is we have um, what we call Wednesdays, W-I-N-S, Wednesdays, Wednesdays. Um, And we have each pod um, goes in and they celebrate what's working well for them. And then any challenges they have, they are relying on each other in the groups, Mm -hmm. not the pod. We call them mentors, um, but each other to collaborate and problem solve. And we found that this is where 
this stuff happens. And then we ask the pod mentors for feedback and it comes up and then we take it to what we call huddles. And then we, we address their concerns. We talk about them, never singling out a single person, but getting Mm. the collective Mm -hmm. of the culture and then either adjusting if we need to adjust and we communicate again to everybody that we heard them and we act on it. Oh boy. That's we have so our own cool. accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. if you receive that information, pretend that you hear it and then fail to act, boy, that's a huge withdrawal. You know, our, our logo for the um, academic coaching company is called, you know, Thrivester is uh-huh. an achievement through accountability. So we need to practice what we preach. And so when we hear Mm -hmm. something, we we hear it, we listen, Mm -hmm. then we have to act on it. So we have Mm -hmm. our own internal accountability of, you know, the different teams and and where, where we hear things, what actions need to take place. And then did it get done? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which is kind of the bottom line and the whole purpose for listening, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to have someone to listen to the next time, you do what you said you were going to do. And that sounds so simple. I hear myself saying that out loud. But I mean, you're investing integrity into other person's lives. And there we go again with talking about emotional intelligence because then yeah. that brings about more empathy. And we model it, right? We are modeling yes, it we as... we model, we um, mentor, we magnify it, um, all the kinds of things that we can do within our pods. I like that. I like yeah. that. Michelle Raz is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Michelle, what do you see out there in terms of challenges for employers today in doing the kinds of things that we're talking about here to create a positive work culture? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back to the challenges. We are a very fast paced um, society, right? And nowadays, so much of it is, uh, you know, through the um, Zoom calls, internet, there's very few people are back to work full time. In fact, most of my um, executive clients that I'm working with, um, they're calling it hybrid. And I'm going to tell you right now what they consider hybrid is um, two days every two weeks to be in the office. Wow. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Right. And so, right. And so when I'm talking about communication, talking about active listening, how do you foster that? Mm. But everybody's in the home. And, you know, their, their kids are, you know, in the house, they're coming oh, yeah. and getting, the dogs chewing on the table leg. I mean, something's going on, right? <laughs> How do people feel connected? How mm-hmm. do you do this mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and promote this work culture and let them know? And so I think that that's the biggest challenge right now is this mm-hmm. communication that we can try in a Zoom call, but, you know, what are they saying? You know, the water cooler talks. There's, mm-hmm. there's not that. So there's a lot of um, misunderstandings, you know, people can send emails and um, even in internal messaging systems, systems and, and um, they can be misconstrued. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh boy. The yeah, and let's just make it. is real, isn't it, Michelle? Yeah. And we're getting bombarded with emails, right? Because we, we're not having those conversations. Right. And so out goes any kind of etiquettes out the window. Um, <laughs> and, That's you know, right. so we're not in tune with some of those emotional intelligences, emotional regulations. If you're already geared towards that, you're frustrated, you, you mm. 
you have um, issues um, that are unresolved because you're at home and you're so busy, you're not taking that time to be able to resolve them. Um, Oh man, they show up, they show up. I refer to it, Michelle, as delivering the mail to the wrong address. You you really are, and I know that's a snail mail reference, but you, okay. you really are just showing up. Social media, uh, it's a political climate right now. Uh, as you and I are recording this, we, we just came off an election this week. I mean, the people who are just spewing venom that has little, if anything, to do with the topic yeah. du jour, right? It's, it's just incredible. And that happens in work because... I might get triggered by something you emailed or slacked, right? Yeah. But I didn't intend it that way. I didn't even think about it that way. And so, Michelle, how do we create authentic communication that Mm -hmm. leads to greater intimacy in our work relationships in such a, we want to call it hybrid, but as you indicated, it's heavily virtual still. Right. You know, isn't this truth? And so um, this is what I, I this, it's difficult. It's, it's not easy. I'm not going to lie because yeah, I mean, I, with it, my company is hundred percent virtual, right? Yeah. And so we have here, we're, we're really trying to culture this environment where we mm-hmm. are valuing our employees, coaches, we want them to feel heard. So how do we help them feel heard, mm-hmm. valued, mm-hmm. respected? and appreciated Mm -hmm. that's our value that's what we want out of them yet in this virtual type of environment it's so easy to fire off you know 10 emails of to-dos have what i have found that doesn't work let's start with that is people tend to have more meetings you know because um we're not face to face we feel like well if we if we have a meeting over this and then we have a meeting with that department and this department and if and if you're in a top level executive you might find yourself in five or six hours of meeting a, a meetings a week and you know that i Ooh. and i know every time you have a meeting it creates more work at 10 out of 10 <laughs> yeah and then so then while you're in the meeting you're putting off putting out fires of all the emails that have come in mm-hmm. while you're in the meeting and mm-hmm. now you've got more things to do from the meeting. Okay, and I'm tired. Just, You're going to have to stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you're just tired talking about it, right? But it's right? reality. And then you have emotional regulations on top of that, you yeah. know, and the clients that I work with, they struggle with procrastination, motivation, yeah. uh, short-term memory. So if you're not taking good notes, you're not organized. I know. You can't remember all the things that have come at you during the day. No. It's a it's a recipe for an absolute implode or somebody just to do what they say, you know, the great resignations, I'm done. <laughs> I, oh, I'm, exactly. <laughs> but to your point you made earlier, the great resignation led to the great regret because, oh, my God, the same problems are here that I just left. And yes. so what's that led to? Quiet quitting. <laughs> so, it, yeah. What's uh, Michelle Raz is my guest work positive nation. As you could tell, we could go on and on and on in this conversation. But work positive nation always wants to know, Michelle, about one thing. So what's the one thing I can do in the midst of this quagmire, right? Yeah. What's one thing I can do to, man, I don't know, strike a match or light a little something. One thing I can do that will help create a positive work culture in the midst of all these challenges. Okay, so here's what I'm, I'm going to say, and I have to practice what I preach is what I say I do is stop the noise mm. in your company each morning. 
Hmm. And set an amount of time to stop and reflect. So basically self-care is what it boils down to. Uh-huh. And think about your company's overall mission for you, the employees, where you want them to go. And it doesn't need a certain time. So for, for me, it's early in the morning. Turn okay. off all your notifications on your computers, your phones. Do not get distracted because, as I was saying, we're in this world of high distractions. So, mm. You know, we're available. And then, you know, put yourself in a different mindset. Um, for me, I put on meditative music mm-hmm. and just sit with yourself to reflect mm. things. Mm. How can I best prepare myself to hear what is being said and not said in that company? How can I get the people to interact um, and know that I hear them and mm. respect them through all this technology? And then what is the value that these people that you are giving to what I call the ecosystem of your, your, your company? Mm. And, and what's that ripple effect? Oh, yeah. So then, and then take action, take those small steps and do something. So... Again, it's stop that noise in your company. Um, hear them, listen to them, but start with yourself, right? Mm. Acknowledge them every day with some kind of way of gratitude mm-hmm. and mm. then act on it mm-hmm. um, so that you it. can communicate it. Yeah. So what I hear you saying, Michelle, is before I can truly, authentically, actively listen to others and create the kind of positive work culture I want to, I got to listen to myself. Yeah. And say, hey, Joey, what's going on with you that's going to distract you or trigger you to where you overreact? Take a little mindful time, deal with it, and then I'm better prepared to listen to others. Absolutely. Be present with yourself first. Mm. I love it. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Be your own best friend, I'm fond of saying. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, Work Positive Nation, go right now. Hurry. Go to razcoaching.com and Thrivester, T-H-R-I-V-I-S-T-E-R. I want to make sure you get that right. It's in the show notes if you're on the Peloton or walking the dog and they're pulling you all over the park. Uh, Thrivester.com, you'll find both of those in the show notes. Do yourself a favor. Go wherever fine books are sold, and you will find happiness, passion, and purpose by my guest today, who's so amazing. You're going to want to know her even better, Michelle Raz. Michelle, we've just scratched the surface. We've begun to introduce you to Work Positive Nation. Uh, man, we just want to keep going and discover more ways that we can help because we didn't even peel back. You know, the, you've mentioned Thrivester several times. The whole purpose of Thrivester is working with college students, high school students, and helping them develop tactics and techniques for emotional regulation. That's the real starting point there is, is the emotional regulation. But when we get to them young enough to where they can then mature into the workforce, wow. What a powerful model. Thank you so much for the gift of your time, your wisdom. I've learned a lot from you today. Thank you, Michelle Raz. Thank you so much. I so enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends who are HR and small business leaders so they can do one thing today to create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. I'd like to give you a free work positive course just for listening. It's called Something to Talk About. And it's transformed the work conversations of so many people all over the world. Get your free copy when you go to workpositive.today slash something to talk about. And you can start transforming your conversations today. Remember, 
It pays to work positive.